What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, our city stretches far in every direction. And yes, even to the east. It's more than just Lake Michigan and Northwest Indiana. Today, we're getting a tour from someone whose family has lived in the East Side neighborhood for at least three generations. It's Thursday, February 16th. I'm Carrie Shepard in for Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Jacoby met up with Maya Rodriguez, who's a fan of CityCast Chicago, who wanted us to better understand her neighborhood. I am here at the Ford Calumet Environmental Center in Big Marsh Park in South Deering on the southeast side with Maya Rodriguez for another edition of CityCast Chicago's Neighborhood Guide. Now, as somebody who grew up on the south side, I would have thought that I knew where the city limits end. But as I've grown older, I've realized that the city continues to just poke out towards 138th Street the further and further you go towards the southeast side. And Maya, you grew up in the east side. When you think back to growing up in the neighborhood, what are some of your kind of strongest memories of maybe neighborhood pride or, you know, like you said, the ways that you enjoyed yourself in Eastside? I think the biggest thing that when I was little and I think it's continuing to like grow back up is the Mexican Independence Day Parade. Like that's really like a lasting memory of like later summer into fall. And it comes up and you really see people who have been in the Eastside neighborhood for generations to say like we are Chicagoans, but also like we come from Mexico and like those two types of identities, like really playing strongly into how a lot of people, I think, honestly, on the east side feel like a lot of us are either first generation Mexican or in my case, third, fourth, fifth generation Mexican-American where, you know, unfortunately you lose some of those like cultural ties, but you're very much like, but this is my identity. This has shaped the way I've grown up. I've assimilated. I can or cannot speak the language. And having Mexican Independence Day has always been a day where you come together. So that's like a really strong memory. But then the other memory is just like, I've been very active in sports growing up. So playing softball, baseball, and basketball at like places like Rowan Park or Calumet Park very much shaped my friendships in the neighborhood. You talk about the revival of the Mexican Independence Day Parade. You know, Mexican immigrants have lived on the southeast side since the early 20s. And then you saw throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s, people just coming in droves to work in the steel mills. How much did you know about the importance of industry to the identity of the Southeast Side? And how much did you know about the collapse and that impact it had on your neighborhoods? Well, I would say, honestly, like many East Side families, like it's very like central to like my family's identity. So when I was like a child, I didn't really understand. I just knew, for example, my grandfather on my father's side, he worked at Wisconsin Steel. And I knew that when it closed, grandpa didn't have a job. 
And then grandpa found any job to support the family. And then that was it. But I didn't understand really what that meant. And then you get older and then you go to high school and then people are like, oh, where are you from? And then it turns out other people actually know more about like your history, which is always like a real jarring moment. Mm -hmm. So something that I did when I was in college and even after college, I tried to really learn like what was it like to have industry collapse and then not just ask that in a historical context, but ask my family, like in particular, like what did that really mean for our family in the end? And like what it meant, honestly, was it was hard. It really was. I don't know always that much because, you know, when you're an older Mexican like family, they're like, we don't want to share with you the bad parts. And I think that makes sense for a lot of like minority families. A lot of people, I would say, like still work blue collar jobs. And so like maybe it's not this particular industry anymore still, but like my father works at Ford. So he does like the industry stuff too. This neighborhood has uh, really grown in environmental justice consciousness because of the lack of industry, but also how the industry at one point poured into the neighborhood, but really sucked the resources out. And we mean your air, your soil, you know, how important is the environmental justice to the young people, the people who remain in this neighborhood? I think that I would love to give a lot of props, especially to the high school students like in this area. They are really, really well informed about what is happening and what life is like in a post-industrial area that, again, the water with the lead service lines is always hard to talk about. The hard metals in the soil, also hard to talk about. But also they're just asking what do we do now? What can we do next? Where can I fill in? And like, how can I learn? So they are really, really aware of what's happening now. And I love to just be with them and to be with other people my age to say like, what are we going to do to preserve like the home that we have and to just try and maintain whatever is here? I want to jump into this neighborhood guy and talk about some of the things to do, but I want to start in Big Marsh Park. Can you describe the community center or the environmental center that we're sitting in right now for listeners? Yeah. So Brand new-ish within a year. It's a beautiful Um, building. Isn't it nice? I really, really like it. Combines like again, like the industrial type of vibe that I'm a sucker for, I hate to say, but it like has wood and then you have all of the natural areas. And a lot of the building itself is built in mind with the type of nature and animals that exist in the Calumet region. So this building has a lot to offer in terms of just like space. And then you have all of the rest of the beautiful big marsh that City Cast is very lovingly always is like, go bike there. Yep. <laughs> so you have the bike trails, you have like ways for birding, especially like they're trying to introduce birding and then right next to it is Indian Ridge and like I've done seed collection there at Indian Ridge so you get a little bit a lot of everything when it comes to being in the environment itself over here. What are some other things you love to do on the southeast side whether it's in east side or any of the other community areas? You know I often hear people say there's nothing to do well frequently what I would do even in the cold is I really enjoy those green spaces still. So often I've gone to, you know, Rowan Park for walks with like my friends over here. We like do like, honestly, we have a weekly walk that we're like, okay, we're going at this time. So it's always nice. We do Rowan Park. I go to Big Marsh here every once in a while to like try and do more birding. There's a lot of bike trails that connect a lot of different parts on the east side. So biking through Eggers Grove in particular to the Wolf Lake region. The best thing you can do on the southeast side is to enjoy like its space and its greenery. That's like what we do. I would say people would say there's not bars or anything like that. But also every neighborhood has its special qualities. Not every neighborhood has green space. Yes. Uh, And Calumet Beach is tucked away. And that's the 
only beach I visited throughout the summer. Um, and you can get out there and swim. You can get out there in a, in a little kayak. Mm-hmm. You know, you had people on the beach playing, you know, throwing a football, playing a little volleyball. It, it was a great time. And it feels like nicely tucked away um, in, in the way some of the other beaches up and down Lake Michigan don't. Were there any other things on your things to do list? You you got some great activities across the green spaces. Well, something I would also really recommend, especially like knowing Southeast side history inside Calumet Park, there is like the Southeast like historical society and they have a specific museum only really open on the weekends, but they have a lot of stuff on what the Southeast side used to look in the past, but also really working for like, what's our current history like? So again, like a lot of environmental justice things, but also just there used to be General Mills over here and they used to make cereal. And I didn't know that until I was like 10 years old. But they have like different boxes of like, this is the different areas of like what these cereals look like. And then a lot of even like um, people who fought in wars and like different understandings of like how that history played into also a post-industrial area. When we start thinking about things to see, do you have some favorite murals, some favorite monuments in the east side? So I would say that, you know, especially the area that cuts between the Skyway, they've really, really incorporated a lot of different murals. And over the past summer, I think that they were really trying to incorporate a lot more young people and seeing what they can do. So there's like two areas in the viaduct where you go towards South Chicago or towards Calumet Park. And both of those I really, really like. And there's also the Sky Art Center more in South Chicago that they have a lot of different art programs for people. Um, And then there's also um, I think it's the 93rd Street Gallery, 94th Street Gallery. That's also right before the viaduct. Oh, one more. There is a metal structure. (laughs) I forget its name, but it is um, I think it's supposed to be like a symbol of hope, like in post-industrial era. And it's a collaboration between the east side, the southeast side region and UIC, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. there's a huge veteran population down here. So you might just be driving around and end up on 134th in Baltimore. There's just a tank outside. I love the tank. Um, when it is Veterans Day, like very much incorporated when you have like the memorial services of here are the people who have served, here are the people we've lost in this neighborhood before and like how that makes an impact. But it exists and it's always kind of like the running joke of like, there's the tank. And then you keep going and then you're like, what is it for? Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So are there any restaurants in the neighborhood that you want to put people on, places that you got to stop by? Oh, boy, do I ever. Come on. (laughs) So I'm going to start with Mexican food first. My two favorite places to get tacos, I get um, at Tacos El Rey, which I think went kind of viral over the summer. Well-deserved viral. It's on. So they have a specific taco. It's called Tijuana style taco. They make fresh corn tortillas, you know, your meat of choice. And then they have cheese and a homemade like avocado salsa. It is chef's kiss. It is some of my favorite. Like, really, it's on Ewing, not too far away. It's like in the border of like South Chicago and East Side. But it is by far like some of my favorite homemade tacos. You got to get them one al pastor, one bistec. It's so good. And then I usually on my go to, I actually get tacos at one of my local grocery stores, La Cienega, which is also on Ewing, um, across from my grandma's house. Um, oh. they, they do honestly like great catering and just like really, just really taste like home. Mm-hmm. Tastes really good. So tacos wise. And then if you don't want tacos, I would suggest getting a burger at a place called Shy Burger Baby. Also on Ewing. I'm, <laughs> everything is on Ewing. It's one of the main streets. Axios Chicago recently wrote about them. They have like a like a special fry that everyone is obsessed with. Yeah. So they have, you know, they have normal fries, but they have truffle fries. Mm-hmm. They also have Singapore style fries. There it is. Yes. Singapore style They fries. are. It is so good. So they are normal fries, but they have like a Singapore influence type of like um, seasoning. So they have some nori, some sesame seeds, a little bit of like the Singapore style like chilies that they do. So it's a little bit hotter, but also it has like definitely a Southeast Asian type of vibe. Not perfect, but really, really good. And this chef, he is from the neighborhood. He's a really good guy. He's traveled a lot of places to learn like food culturally in different contexts. So he's trying to give people like a lot of options. I usually get a burger there, La Chevala. But every once in a while, he'll have wings. And let me tell you, if you get wings from this place and you can get either the Singapore or sweet Thai chili wings, so good. So you got to it's a special. It's not happening every day. It doesn't day. happen every day. No, it doesn't. Which it has to do with, you know, the amount of chicken you can get, honestly. But if it's there, you got to ask. Uh, so we talked tacos. We've talked burgers. What's some other places people need to stop by? I would love for people to stop by uh, Gina's Chicken. It's classic, really good fried chicken. You know, you get your 10-piece combo and everything. But Heine's. Heine's also Everybody has, have you had Heine's hot no. sauce? Heine's hot sauce is like very much at that Southeast side staple. It's bright orange, red. It kind of looks like a Herald sauce, but it's not Herald sauce. Okay, so it's not a mild sauce. It's not a mild sauce, but it is like, it is a hot sauce. It's a little bit more vinegary. And of my family, father loves it. But my extended family who don't necessarily like live close to the neighborhood or just like live in the Chicagoland area, the running joke is like, are you going to go to Heine's before you leave? Because they will get a bottle of Heine's sauce or in my aunt's case, a jug of Heine's sauce. Because she's like, why would I come back if I just get the one thing I need? It sounds like we need to do a follow up episode on this hot sauce. I, when people I walk away with should. jugs or something, I feel like you go to the Pete's and everything like they sell Heine's hot sauce by the bottle in the neighborhood. OK, I'm so I'm so serious. No, I believe it. You know, you can get like pretty much whatever you want at Heine's sites, pizza, chicken, you know, fried shrimp, all of it. But like Heine's hot sauce. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that you get. That's the thing Come that I'm the like, sauce, go for the hot sauce. Yeah. Got it. 
So we didn't have burgers. We didn't have tacos. Yeah. We, need, we need some dessert. Well, the classic La Michoacana, I know it's like a brand in Chicago, but like there is the one that I would always get. It's like either I get a lime paleta because it's very refreshing or I get like a scoop of their ice cream, vanilla or uh, abuelitas. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite. Paleta is basically a popsicle uh, in Spanish, and there are two types. There's uh, milk-based and water-based, and usually water-based are a lot more fruits, so like limes, like strawberries, and um, anything else of the sort. And then the cream-based ones, the milk-based ones, they are also like a lot of like chocolates, vanillas, Rare Rocher, pistachio, anything that you can think of that's like sweet on that side, that's what the paleta is. Uh, Then abuelitas is the Mexican chocolate, so... Nice. And then you have one more spot for dessert. I do. Um, I usually like to get um, just like pan, uh, which is like Mexican sweetbread. Concha is more particularly. That's like the circular one that has like the stamps on it. It is on Panaderia La Flor, also on Ewing. Very much has like everything you need. And you will see people in the morning who are going to go work, especially blue collar sites. Like they go, they get their treat in the morning, then they leave. And it's just like really quick in and out. But then everybody knows it. So when you go in the morning too, really early, if you have to, you're like, oh, yeah, here's everybody going to work, all enjoying this like treat together. As I was making my way here, my Uber driver, black man, maybe late 60s, early 70s, uh, he got lost for a second. And he goes, I've been living in Chicago my whole life. I've never driven down Doty Road. I've never gone towards Hegwish. I've never, I never realized uh, how much was over here. He, he kept commenting on how much open land there was. What would you say to someone who's maybe lived in Chicago their whole life or who's just gotten here, who doesn't realize that the city keeps going mm-hmm. past 95th Street, further southeast? What would you say to them to make sure that they, they come by and pay us a visit over here? I think I would remind people that, you know, This city has a lot to offer. And some of those things are just as much space as open land like as possible. And a lot of people who live over here have a really strong history that is tied to the city. And we are just as you know, our history is just as valuable as the rest of the city and that it makes us really, really care about Chicago that we live in and how much that we want to see Chicago serve us. So there's so much to do over here. And we're just as part of the city as everybody else. Maya, thank you so much for bringing us out to Big Marsh Park, for sharing a little bit about your neighborhood. Uh, It's especially beautiful because one of the very first times Simone and I got out in the field was to come to Eastside to learn about the efforts of the neighborhood. And the residents we've talked to from these communities have been some of the most passionate uh, about their neighborhood. And you've only continued that. So thank you for not only reaching out to us, but for making time. Yeah, thank you. longtime listener, first time contributor. Happy to be here. Thank you so much, Maya. Before we let you go, some news. For the first time since 2020, Governor Pritzker was in front of lawmakers at the Capitol yesterday when he presented his nearly $50 billion budget. Pritzker is calling for more funding for early education and child care, reproductive health, and for the state's woefully underfunded pension system. The Bears finalized their purchase of 320 acres in suburban Arlington Heights. In a statement, the team said the purchase does not, quote, guarantee the land will be developed. And then they went on to list all the economic benefits of building a mega entertainment complex there. Some good news to get you through. I'm hoping to head to Chicago Botanic Garden on the North Shore for their annual orchid show this weekend. Or I may stay local and head to the Garfield Park Conservatory's flower show 
You can read more about that and what's happening at the Lincoln Park Conservatory in our Hey Chicago newsletter. You can sign up at chicago.citycast.fm. I know we've been doing this a long time, but it's still totally necessary that you rate and review CityCast Chicago. That's how all your friends and family and everyone else can hear about us. And so you can start talking with them about what you hear on CityCast Chicago. Trust us, it makes a difference. Okay, we're back tomorrow to look back at all the week's big news and our weekly news roundup. Talk to you then. Bye. I didn't eat breakfast this morning. I hate to tell you this. I'm going to eat a donut, though, when I get home because my dad brought home Stan's Donuts.